And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hey man, he was in my face. I'm in your face. It don't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. I don't have friends. I got family. Yeah, vroom, vroom. Welcome back to Fast Friends, the No Dunk Summer Podcast series where we've decided to watch and break down every action film from the Fast and Furious franchise. Why? Because we're loco, man. I'm still <laughs> I'm still J.E. Skeets, ready to discuss Too Fast, Too Furious with our double F expert, a man who's always hungry, Trey Kirby. <laughs> hey up. Hey, yo, and we've got our super producer. We're going to call him the Jimmy of the bunch here, tinkering under the podcast hood. Uh, it's JD. Hello, yeah, I wore my mechanic shirt today. Yeah, <laughs> I was inspired. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> if you're back listening to Fast Friends, thank you so much. I guess you enjoyed us talking about the original movie enough to join us again here for the sequel. Thanks to everybody who tweeted at us and emailed in and most importantly, left us that five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or finally decided to subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube. Much love. JD, do you have a corona today? I decided against it uh, because we got no dumb. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A great point. I don't have any. I, sh- I forgot actually that we we're going to do that, but then... Uh, you pointing that out just let me off the hook, so right. thank you for that. Yeah, right. so no dumb, what's the point? In fact, did we see any corona in this movie? Not a single corona Great was call. consumed. Wow. Not a single Snapple was consumed. <laughs> there Tells was, you all you need to know. There was a few uh, Pepsi product placements, I noticed. Mm. Uh, I did see that. I should have grabbed one of those, but I hate Pepsi. Ugh. Mm. No Can't thanks. drink it down here in Atlanta. They don't let you. They don't even sell it. That's right, that's right. So, we are going to get to Too Fast and Too Furious, but, 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 TK, let us know in the last episode of Fast Friends that there's this six-minute short that details the events prior to the sequel where runaway fugitive Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, of course, leaves L.A. in order to evade police capture. Um, this thing is on YouTube. You can look it up. It's called The Turbocharged Prelude. For too fast and too furious. It's so turbocharged, TK, that there's no goddamn dialogue in this nope. thing. <laughs> no time. It is so weird. It is really pointless. I was I I watched it twice because I was like, what did I just watch? Twice. Let me run that back. Yeah, I know. Um, just for those that have never seen it, like this the plot of this little short is so simple. It's Brian packing his bags, leaving LA before the cops arrive to arrest him. Which we got to get into, because I got a bunch of questions about that. The FBI launches a a national manhunt for him. He's traveling across Arizona, New Mexico, Texas. What's he doing while he's going across the country? He's winning every damn street race he goes in. For sure. He's got a red Dodge Stealth. Where'd that come from? Who knows? However, he's forced to ditch his car at a motel in San Antonio uh, when police officers, they, they find out he's there. They're notified of his presence. 
They when <laughs> it's so ridiculous. When they collect his car, perfect timing. He manages to hitch a ride from an unknown woman that he's seen at the diner. Yeah, you know they they traded a look with each other. She knows that he's a fugitive. I think uh, that he's on the run. Well, yeah, she definitely does. Yeah. She has the paper. She's got the paper. Yeah, <laughs> she reads. She keeps up to date in the news. This unnamed woman drops Brian off at a at a used car lot. Okay, he buys a car, he modifies it, you know, he paints it silver, and then he travels to Miami where he sees somebody's wheels before the screen reads to be continued. That's it. That's, That's the it. six minutes short. Uh I guess one question, why? Why did they make this? Like what was the point of this, TK? I told you you didn't need to watch it, Skeets, and you went and watched it twice. twice. I've been a fan of this franchise for 20 years, and I think the first time I saw it was last week, uh, just getting ready for this podcast, and I was like, wow, there's a reason nobody talks about this, because nobody talks in it. I suppose you do learn three things. Brian left because the cops were chasing him. What? Not sure how the cops knew to chase him. Yeah. yeah. Not sure why he didn't just tell him some kind of lie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. the last time I saw Dom, he had a massive gun and he threatened to take my car, so I let him. You probably could have gotten away with something there. We yep. also learn how Brian got his skyline. Okay. I mean, okay. Th- that's good to know. All He barely drives the skyline in the next movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we also learn that Brian does have a rep. Or at least why he has a rep as a street racing legend going from coast to coast, winning, winning, winning. Again, we had just seen an hour and a half of Brian being a baller driver. We don't necessarily need the origin story of Brian being a good driver if we already know that he's a good driver. This was a, this is a weird one. This is a weird one. Sickos only. JD, what did you make of this thing? Like, I guess it appeared on the DVD, and yeah. then maybe they released it in theaters, like, right prior to Too Fast, Too Furious. Or, mm. I, I don't know. Maybe it aired. I don't know. It's a little uh, confusing where the hell this thing actually aired. Yeah, I heard that it was a DVD extra, which made me think that they must have shot all of this for the movie, right? Like For the sequel. No, well, for Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it second, was part yeah. of the movie. Sure. That's what I thought. And they were like, well, we, we can't have all of this him driving across, you know, like yeah. the, the, the story starts in Miami. So that's what I figured, because otherwise for them to just go out and make this like from scratch is how expensive would it have been? <laughs> I mean, true. how many races totally. were there? I mean, you got Minka Kelly's in it for crazy. Yeah. Like, like it just made it made no sense other than. Hey, we got this footage. We might as well, you know, make it yeah. a DVD extra. That's sure. the only thing that makes sense to me. But who knows? It's a crazy universe. This <laughs> this Fast and Furious world is just strange. And you got to know the lore. How yeah. could you possibly watch the second movie without knowing how Brian made his way from coast to coast getting cars? But you're right. The only way it makes sense is if this should have been like the opening scene of Too Fast, Too Furious. Like... It at least links up there, but like you're saying, imagine they started a movie with this six minutes. People would leave. See ya. No talking. We're out of here. Yeah, it's so bad. Again, still confused why he couldn't have come up with a lie to the actual cops. Like, yeah, Dom had me at gunpoint. I had to give him my car. Like, done. I think they would have believed it, you know? Uh, But instead, he's on the run, leaves his badge in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Just hangs it on the corner of the mirror. Though I laughed out loud. The reason I actually watched it the second time... 
He has cars in his bathroom. This guy loves cars so much. He's got a few photos of cars, like paintings of cars. <laughs> Can't stop. Between Can't the stop thinking of cars. Shower. Uh, yeah, anyway, it's it's really pointless. TK's right. You do not need to go watch this by any means. But uh, if you're listening to a podcast where we're talking about a movie 20 years later, eh, why not? Sure. I'm sure you got six minutes to spare. Okay, sure. let's get to uh, Too Fast, Too Furious. Released in the U.S. on June 6th, 2003. Budget basically doubled, right? $76 million for this one. Box office did $236 million worldwide. I think that's pretty similar to the first one. The skinny, I mean, we sort of already told you where it's going, but former cop Brian O'Connor called upon to bust a dangerous criminal with the help of a former childhood friend and street racer who has a chance to redeem himself. That is Tyrese. He's in it. Paul Walker, of course, Eva Mendez, and many others that we'll get to. Directed by John Singleton. I did not know this at all. JD, did you know that the uh, famous director from Boys in the Hood did this had, movie? Yeah, no idea at all. I was, and I would never have guessed after watching a movie that John Singleton directed it. But uh, there you go. I yeah. mean, hey. He uh, he's versatile, I guess. You know, I I guess so. I mean, I hope they paid him a lot of money for this. I'm <laughs> yeah. assuming they did. Uh, Trey, before we get into the actual plot and the recap of the movie, what do you remember about the first time you saw Too Fast, Too Furious? <laughs> this would have been after my sophomore year of college. I'm pretty sure I saw it with my college girlfriend at a theater in Lamont, Ooh. Illinois. But, Skeets, you were listing off all these stars. Paul Walker, Tyrese, Eva Mendez, directed by John Singleton. No Vin Diesel! No. <laughs> and that's what I mostly remember about this movie. Being less hyped to see this without Vin Diesel. Being more excited. I'm not sure. I've seen conflicting information. I he was doing Chronicles of Riddick or Triple X at the time. But mm. I was very excited for Triple X to be coming on. But I still wanted to see this in theaters because I was a Paul Walker fan. He was great in Varsity Blues. He was the star of the first Fast movie, but I had to pull deep for these memories. Not nearly as vivid mm. as the first one. Wasn't doing burning burnouts in the parking lot afterwards. Had somewhat different interests uh, being a sophomore <laughs> in college. Uh, so it just didn't hit the same, man. Just hit different and not in a good way. Yeah, it's, well, again, we'll grade it later on. I guess, yeah, this movie's notable sort of because of who's not in it. Not only uh, um, Vin Diesel t- turning down this role and something he said he's regret. he regrets uh, now. He said he hated the script, though, and all that. <laughs> and, uh, fair, fair enough, maybe. Uh, but Ja Rule, too, not, not in this. And I read that he was supposed to be. They offered him half a million dollars to be wow. in Too Fast, Too Furious, and he turned it down. He thought he was worth more. And so that is why it ended up going to uh, Ludacris, who I, I don't think uh, I'm wrong here. He ends up sticking around, does he not? Ludacris is in a lot of these movies. Oh, yeah. I think this was maybe his first or one of his earliest acting credits. Yeah. Uh, he's still Ludacris at this point rather than Chris Bridges as right. he would become. But, yeah, this kind of, like, launched him. And uh, I think the story goes that Ja Rule could have had the Ludacris role. But he didn't yeah. want the ludicrous role, right? He wanted the Tyrese role. He wanted to be oh. not a secondary character, like one of the stars of the movie. So he's either saying, yeah, maybe pay me a little more, give me a bigger role, or pay me a little more and I'll take this role. Either way, 
talk about your all-time major backfires. Ja Rule. Ooh, yeah. Would have paid off in the long run to stick around. Oh, exactly. I mean, I said this to Nora, this little fact, and she's like, well, Ja Rule was probably at the, the height of his popularity in the early 2000s. I mean, mm-hmm. he was like, it felt like he was on every you know, radio station playing any song. He was like the, he was, you know, a featured guest on so many songs or whatever. I was like, yeah, I guess he was big, but still. And he just turned out half a million dollars to like be in like, what, eight scenes in this movie? Like, mm. Little Chris is not in it all that not much. Not a ton. Uh, he's actually pretty good. And I, I like that he sticks around for this series. But uh, yeah, Ja Rule. Ooh, I'm sure he wishes he had that one back. Anyway, let's get into the movie. Starts with a universal logo turning into a wheel. <laughs> that was the pure cringe the... right away. Really? Right the... away, I was just like, oh, God, no. Here no, we go. No, no. And I, I like it when movies do that. I like it when the logo morphs into something. I was, yeah. my, one of my favorite movies of all time, Raiders of the Lost Ark, the uh, Columbia Mountain becomes the mountain in Columbia or wherever oh, right, they are. Right, which is Which was awesome. I, and I love that stuff. But this time, it was so over the top and looked bad. It just like yeah. the CG, whatever the the animation of it was awful. Like, and it just, and then it just after all everything, it just dissolves into a wheel. wheel. I mean, what was the point of it? Yeah. It's just like, <laughs> oh, and then and then immediately after, like a, a whatever, a couple of couple of frames later, the animated swirling too fast, too furious comes in, and that was like a like an a, a a complete laser tag match. We're like right there. Like, it's like, okay, okay. We get it. We get it. Just showing off. We got a bigger budget. Let's go. We got some money to play with here to throw into these, uh, into these logos and these fonts (laughs) and this intro. Uh, all right. So it does basically start and we'll go through this sort of scene by scene again. We can all jump in. We'll eventually get to, uh, the fast portion of our show, things we like, our favorite quotes, favorite cars, the furious part, things that upset us, things that made no sense. We got, uh, we'll turn to one of our wives for one of their questions when we go to, it's all about family on this podcast and then any random observations that we have. But Brian O'Connor, Paul Walker, he relocates to Miami, you know, we're right there and he, we learn that he's making a living participating still in illegal street races. He is driving a heavily modified silver Nissan Skyline GTR. How did he get it? How did he get it? Hold on. How did he get it? I just remembered the first time I saw this in the theater, I was like, where did Brian get his car? I didn't know about the short at that point. So kind of ruined it for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. He ended up buying it in the garage and flipping it. Uh, The races are organized by his local mechanic friend, uh, Tej Parker, who is, uh, who is ludicrous. And we're sort of quickly right into a race. Uh, That's what, uh, the Fast and Furious franchise likes to do, at least so far, through two movies. And we get this race we get this race set up. My favorite part is ludicrous. He won't start a race with only three drivers. Yeah. Gotta have a fourth. It's like a rule. It's like we gotta have a fourth. And uh, that is where he calls Brian and says, Hey, get over here. You got four minutes. Got four <laughs> this guy minutes. loves the number four. <laughs> like, why? Uh, and he gets there and he ends up winning this race and a lot goes down in this. So let's get into this this first one. Uh, JD, get us started. What did you think about the opening to this movie and uh, yeah, the first race sequence? Well, the first thing about the race is they up the stakes to 35 large. So. Yep. That means that everybody's putting in $35,000. And so that the winner is walking away with $105,000. Oh, that's funny you, you asked that because why are they so hell-bent? Like uh, Suki, one of the, the, the female driver in this, 
she's like racing for second or third yeah. at one point. Is maybe there's a payout structure? JD, that is it may, possible? <laughs> possible, I guess. But I was just, I was blown away, and I was like, to the point where I Googled thirty-five large, like. What is it? Is that what I think it is? Because <laughs> all these years yeah. I thought large meant thousands. So $35,000. So you're, you're, uh, you're Orange Julius. Awesome name. Probably yep. the best name in the franchise so far. <laughs> Orange, Orange Julius is like, uh, hello. I didn't say it. I didn't agree to upping the stakes to $35,000. Can you imagine? Okay. He just has it on him. They all have it all of a sudden. And what was it before? Anyway, I think doesn't Brian say something like, "Let's bump it a nickel." So he's raising it five thousand dollars. Okay. So they all were right. all showing up expecting to race for thirty k. Right. Brian shows up and says, "Let's race for thirty five. And I think it was Orange Julius. <laughs> it was like I don't know, too rich for my blood. Yeah. You showed up ready to race for thirty, but thirty five. You're like I don't know. I don't know. That's just a little bit too far. Uh, but also the first race in the very first, the Fast and the fur- Furious, they're racing for $2,000 yeah, a piece. Yeah. That's the entry fee. And honestly, like you can tell so much the difference in these two movies from this first race. A, they're racing for 20 times more money. That's huge. <laughs> B, there's 20 times more racing. We're not racing a quarter mile at a time here. They're driving like laps at this point. They're swerving left and right. There are corners. There are things to turn around. There are passing opportunities. And of course, Ludacris has a surprise in his back pocket. (laughs) I got to say too big of a surprise. (laughs) It's a big surprise. It's a huge surprise. (laughs) Again, again, Orange Julius being the voice of reason going, "Uh, no, I am not... (laughs) Jumping over this bridge that we never discussed. This was not discussed. We're gonna oh go over the bridge and that's the finish line. But uh oh, Ludacris is raising the bridge. So now we're Dukes of hazarding it over. Yeah. No, I'm not doing it. I I'm not doing it. That's how I would be. That's how I think everybody would be. Yep. Just oh. slam on the brakes. Hundred percent. Yeah. This you're right. You nailed it there, Trey. It's a, a hell of a race to the point where they're like. There's a quick shot of them like shutting down streets, like with uh, like caution and like pylons, like can't yeah. go down this. So they've mapped off this portion of Miami, and then yeah, broken into this like I don't know what would you call that control center for the drawbridge or whatever. The <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sure. Yeah. And they go in. Yeah, they crank it up, and uh, this is when we get the first like what the hell, where the car jumps <laughs> over the car. I mean, Brian's car with the help of Nas. Jumps over. Who does he jump over there? Uh, uh, slapjack. <laughs> I can't remember. Who he's uh, is it slapjack? Is it slapjack? Uh, yeah, it's slapjack. It's slapjack. Suki and Orange oh, Julius slapjack. versus yeah, Brian. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we get a big chunk of the race where OJ is is battling Suki again. Like we get a yeah. lot of like. It's like for a second I thought I was watching an F one race. It's like why do I care so much about who's in third and fourth in this race? <laughs> Got to get the points. I know. They're, they're, I think so. Um, yeah. So it is Brian that jumps over uh, Slapjack uh, again with the help of the uh, <laughs> the nice drum booth. And man, it's like oh. Oh, this is where we're going immediately with the uh, with the franchise here because I felt like the first one. Now it's ridiculous as we talked about, but sort of realistic. At least what's going on. And this one, you know, we got cars jumping over cars, cars jumping onto boats, and it's like okay. I've seen the trailers for the movies as this series goes on. It gets oh, crazier yeah. and crazier and crazier, and it's like okay, we're right into it. Is that is that fair, TK, to assume that? <laughs> 
Yeah, 100%. Uh, you mentioned it earlier. The budget doubled, and you can tell, right? Like, it looks a lot crazier. Things are a lot more hyped up. There's a lot more flash all around. You know, the first one was kind of a smaller movie, the gritty in and out of the L.A. street racing scene, yeah. and now it's the glitz of Miami, yeah. and, you know, everything's bigger and badder at this point. From the payouts of the races to the actual races themselves, I love that any time a race ends... The way you really congratulate people, what's up? What's up? What's yeah, up? yeah. That's how you know yeah. you won. Brian's throwing mad what's ups as soon as he comes across the finish line. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brian's I, back. Bullet. I they're calling him Bullet now. Any scene where they're out of their cars and there's 100, 200, 500 people around, and those people 50 yards away can hear their conversation perfectly despite there being like the loudest cars imaginable all these sound systems bumping it's like everybody can just hear what these two guys are saying and then are reacting accordingly it makes me laugh every time uh because we did get a quick uh Hell of a sound system uh, product placement there at the beginning mm. of before the race. We like panned to three different cars to see oh, what yeah. uh, see what they had in their trunk there, or wherever you put those in your. <laughs> I think they go in your trunk. I don't know. Yeah, I know nothing about oh, yeah, cars. Sure. Uh, anyway, yeah, crazy race to get us started here, and this is where we get our first introduction of uh, Eva Mendez, who is uh, we learn is uh, Monica. She's an undercover cop, but they have a look, JD, uh, mm. and, and you know, there's a lot of. Like, I don't know, the chemistry between Brian and then Monica, this love relationship, I guess, or this uh, attraction to each other. I mean, we, as the movie goes on here, we'll get into each scene, but it's like just instantaneously, I guess, you just fall into those Walker eyes. You can't help yourself. Yeah, I guess uh, so. You know, and Eva Mendes, no slouch oh, as well. beautiful woman. You know, so... It it makes sense, although I, would, I wouldn't go so far as to say they have chemistry. I mean... No, it, it no. was very hard to tell the the nature of their relationship. And did they recognize each other at the very beginning, I, or was it just like, oh, there's so. a hot woman staring directly at me right now, <laughs> like, right at me? Okay, all right, <laughs> right. I still got it. I guess even yeah. even in these baggy shirts that I'm wearing down here in Miami, the chicks still dig me. Uh, all right, so. <laughs> After I mean, the they race. really do make use of Paul Walker's eyes in this one, right? There's yeah. several scenes of him staring, and I guess when you yeah. got him on the payroll, you got to show those. <laughs> got to use those digits, man. <laughs> yeah. uh, so after this crazy race scene where yeah, he gets this huge payout, gives uh, gives his buddy, Ludacris, um, some money. I know we're going to be doing this thing like we did with Dom and Vin. I know it here with uh, especially Ludacris, and yeah. his name is Tej. That's right? Yes. Tej, Tej, yeah. 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 Uh, he pays him off a little bit. Anyway, the, sh the cops show up, of course, just like the first one, exactly yep. like it. Here mm -hmm. they come, and Brian is arrested, though, and he's taken into custody, and you're like, well, where is this going? Uh, oh, this is where we see the first harpoon, right? Uh, the first yeah. electronics grappling hook or whatever that thing is. Oh, my God. I mean, Fast and the Furious franchise movie, so far, two for two, and harpoons playing a big part. <laughs> <laughs> first it was with, with the trucks, and now it's with, like, cops firing them at cars to, like, what? I guess, like, screw up the, uh... The, electronics? The, the electronics, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's I insane. guess. Yeah, yeah, apparently, this is gonna blow your minds, apparently that device doesn't exist in oh, real really? life. Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. that's a movie invention, believe it or not. Okay, okay. So, so no, no taser for cars. <laughs> no <laughs> taser no, for when your cars really yeah. acted up, just blast it. That's Don't turn what off. it is, you're right. Uh, so, they're, so they're taken into custody. He's taken into custody. Uh, but, 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 
he is uh, given a deal very quickly, I might add, by his former boss, FBI agent Bilkins. He is back, baby. Very excited about that. And a new character, U.S. Customs agent Markham. They say to Brian, you got to go undercover again, man. We need your help again. Uh, I know you're on the run. There was a full-blown manhunt for you. But hey, man, we need you because you, no cars. Uh, And yeah, what they need is help with is bringing down this Argentinian drug lord, Carter Verone. In exchange, uh, they will clear his criminal record. Like, not a bad deal. Uh, And again, they got to it so quickly in the movie. They're like, we got you. You're under arrest. Need your help, buddy. And he's like, okay, let's do it. So that's where we meet Agent Monica Fuentes, who's Eva Eva Mendez, excuse me. She's undercover. She's under uh, Verone there. She's been there a year, they tell us. And she agrees to assist Brian, fold him into the organization. Mm -hmm. But, 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 but. They say you're going to get this cop, this guy named Dunn, all right, <laughs> drinking a Slurpee or something. And Brian's like... Be a little more professional here, Dunn. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Brian Slurpee. just tests him right away, like tests him on his uh, engine knowledge. <laughs> and he fails. Oh, he has big no time. clue. Yeah. And so, and so Brian's like, we can't do that. I'm not doing it with this guy. This guy doesn't know shit about cars. So he, ag- yeah. he, he agrees he'll do it under the condition he gets to pick his own partner. And, th- and this is... This is where we then, of course, get to uh, to Roman, to Tyrese. But, yeah, w- were you excited to see Bilkins back in the mix, J.D.? I, I legit oh, was. 100%. I yeah. love Bilkins. Uh, I can't remember if he sticks around, though. Um, so, yeah. But uh, he's a great character. He's he's awesome. He's a, he's a likable guy. He's just, uh, you know, his old boss and... It seems like he's in his corner somehow. You yeah, know what I mean? Totally. Which is nice. It's nice to add that Paul Walker has somebody in his corner. I thought um, he was I thought he was like used a little bit more for comedic relief in this oh, one totally. too. Yeah. Totally. Cuz like even like the fight scene coming up here he's like, "Oh, let me eat my sandwich and watch <laughs> yeah. these guys throw down." <laughs> yeah. He's got all these little quips. He's just uh he's just loving it. He's like, I've got to help this guy. <laughs> this guy's such a great driver. We're going to help him out. Um but yeah, uh TK anything to add from this setup here seeing Bilkins again, Monica, the whole setup where we're going to eventually uh travel and find uh Roman. Uh not too much. I do like how quick they get into it and I definitely had a Oh shit, it's Bilkins. I, <laughs> I kind of forgot he came back. Maybe he keeps coming back every single time. He knows one good driver in all of America. <laughs> Anytime there's a job with driving, he's like, "Well, we're going O'Connor again. I guess yeah. we're going O'Connor. Find him wherever he is." Yeah. It is like a little strange. Like wouldn't that have been the perfect spot to like uh like tie up loose ends in the sense of Bilkins like hey man what was what happened out there with Dom mm. like you know like, like like just something about the past something like at about all it. like you could it was kind of just like here's Bilkins remember him from the first movie these right. movies are related yeah uh, but he doesn't give you much backstory like that would have been a perfect plan to or a perfect place to basically do the prelude right and right. say so what happened oh I drove all the way across America winning races or whatever he says blah, yeah. Blah, blah. yeah you just you get six minutes of se- wordless dialogue take- taken care of in, like, three scenes or something like yeah. that. But, uh, yeah, there was definitely more to be done there, but uh, it was all worth it for uh, Brian to show Dunn that he knows absolutely nothing yeah. about <laughs> motors. Are you kidding me? Of course, you remember Brian when he was getting into undercover street racing. Almost drove his car off a cliff yeah. <laughs> the very first time. Looked like a super amateur, but this guy's like, no way, no way. Totally big time in him. 
That's yeah. true. I forgot about that, that he was just practicing driving in a, like an empty parking lot or race or racetrack or whatever. And loses control of the car, just trying to turn a corner. So, Shit! Yeah. He's pissed. That's a good point. All right. So, yeah, we're not taking Dunn. I need my guy. So this prompts Brian uh, with Bilkins to travel to Barstow. Where is Barstow? I thought Great it was in California. Question. I think they said South Carolina. Okay. Mm, that makes I more think. sense. I think. There, I'm positive there's a Barstow, California, but I'm sure there's many other ones. So, yeah, it, I, it was a little unclear. Anyway, they go there. He enlists. Brian does the help of his childhood friend, Roman Pierce. This is Tyrese, who we learned served jail time for housing stolen cars. And he's currently making a living as a demolition derby driver. Uh, quick pause here. JD, you ever been to a demolition derby no. uh, match? You haven't? Wow, I you haven't, grew up in Ontario, yeah. man. I know. It's, uh, yeah, it's never, it's not something I've ever thought to go to, but yeah, they have them all over Ontario, don't they? Oh, yeah, yeah. My Uncle Al, like, every, not every weekend, but it felt like maybe every, once a month or something like that. Uh, and I'm sure it wasn't even that much because I was a kid. It was probably like around the fair, so it probably happened yeah. like once or twice. But he would go in it. He won once, Ooh, uh, really? which was awesome. Yeah, and I was a little bit older, and I had like helped paint the car, so it felt like I was like a part of the team huh, and stuff nice. like that. Uh, yeah, they they are fun. TK, did you ever go to any uh, demolition derbies? I guess they're called like once Illinois? a year. Yeah, yeah uh, just fair? like you. Yeah, exactly. The sandwich fair was uh, the fair that we always went to, <laughs> and that was like. One night's event was a demolition derby, and the next night was like a past their prime country star. So you could go see, uh, you know, like your dad's, <laughs> your friend's dad, just like smash a car into your other friend's dad, and then the next night go see Charlie Daniels. Great times. <laughs> wow. Great times. <laughs> oh, awesome. That does sound fun. Okay, so that's where we meet Roman. Uh, he's currently on parole. He's got the, the oh, what, what do you call it? Uh, the, the bracelet or the uh, ankle guard or whatever yeah that what you mean? i thought there was an actual term for it but yeah yeah <laughs> it's monitor. so keep monitor i guess yeah it's uh strapped onto his leg there and then these two guys brian and roman they got history and they get into a fight and he roman blames brian for his arrest uh but he reluctantly agrees to uh to help in exchange for basically the same deal brian has you know like get this thing off me and clear my record and you know bob's your uncle um what, what did you make of their chemistry in this movie uh, overall, TK, uh, between Roman and Brian, Paul Walker and Tyrese? Believable? Um, believable because I think Tyrese is so good. I think he's got, like, so much charisma in this movie. He's got the gift of gab, and I think that that brings, it, uh, brings the relationship a long way. Because I don't necessarily know that... I don't feel like you get the sense that these guys are like Dom's crew where they've known each other for 20 years before we're seeing them together for the first time. I don't feel like that you do get that sense, but mm -hmm. they definitely have an ease uh, amongst each other, you know, going back and forth, joking with each other, the rapport that they have. And I think a lot of that comes from uh, Tyrese. Just he just ha he's great. I think he's the best yeah. part of this movie. Um, he's the funniest guy. He gives the best performances, and I think it's him that really carries the relationship. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's tough to imagine Ja Rule or even Ludacris for that oh, matter yeah. in Tyrese's role in this movie, which is actually pretty important. Oh, I mean, the movie's not all that good to begin with, but it would be brutal if that was the case. Because Tyrese, I think, is awesome. I actually think they do have a a pretty good uh, on-screen chemistry, J.D., a lot more yeah. than uh, him and, and Eva. Oh, totally. <laughs> I was buying that love affair for sure. 
<laughs> yeah, you think they when they were younger they dabbled? Uh, hey man, you <laughs> saw them. a little bit. You saw them wrestling in the dust, it's just true. like I did. Wilkins was digging it too. I think he yeah, really he enjoyed that that demolition derby between those two hunks. Uh, yeah, they're rolling around in the dirt. Got very very muddy, but again, he agrees. All right, let's do this. Okay, for their mission. They're issued two confiscated modified cars, a Mitsubishi Lancer Evolution and a Mitsubishi Eclipse Spider GTS. Which one is which? Got it, I know. Uh, one's purple and one's, uh, what is it, sort of a uh, sort of green yellow? yellow? Mustard, yeah. mustard yeah. maybe. And one's yeah. a convertible. One's a convertible. And, uh, yeah, the purple one is the convertible. That's the one that, uh, that Roman wants. And we learned very quickly that they're bugged. That's a, mm-hmm. a big part. That's so they can track them. The cops can. Yep. One of the cars has hater plates. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, the purple <laughs> the one. one just has a normal plate. <laughs> just a normal license plate. Uh, and I think I think that Roman goes for he goes for the convertible, right? Because yep. he says oh, yeah. he, he says to Brian, "Don't even think about taking the convertible. It might loosen your moose." Yeah. <laughs> it might loosen your moose. I guess uh, having the convertible top open, oh, blowing moose. in Brian's hair, you know, letting those curls fly free. Wow. But I there's a lot of convertibles in street racing movie, in these two street racing movies, <laughs> yeah. and they seem like they would go slower. Yeah. Just from an aerodynamic standpoint. <laughs> But I don't know. I also, you know, I've been a little critical of the government with regards to how they've been spending their money in this these first two movies. How about this? They just completely <laughs> repossess these cars that we learned in the first movie are eighty to a hundred thousand dollars, and they just give them to these guys. They're yeah. like, hey, we just got these. Uh, they're totally conspicuous. You drive them. You yeah, drive yeah. them. Yeah. And uh, this is then we get the scene where uh, Monica drives with them, right? Mm-hmm. She drives with Brian, and, and, and uh, Roman makes a big deal of that. And uh, we get the stare and drive line, where yeah. he stares at her. Then you're back to your staring. Yeah, this is the whole Got part to. of this. Uh, you know, just because I guess he's showing that he's, he's such a badass driver, he doesn't need to look at the road. He just feels <laughs> where the stop sign is. Uh, anyway, and it's to build the, uh, the, the, this weird relationship, whatever the hell it is, between Monica and, and Brian that they, uh, that they share between each other, J.D., yeah, I guess. I mean, again, it's just sort of, it seems like they're headed in that direction, but I, I never felt that it got, it paid off. It was never clear oh, to me that no. they were together or even liked each other. And, uh, and that whole staring thing, you know, taking a step back and knowing that Paul Walker died in a car accident, and I'm not saying that he was reckless right. about it, or whatever the circumstances of him actually dying in a car whatever the reasons are, these scenes make me so uncomfortable when they're doing these uh, just totally reckless, unnecessary, you know, foolish stunts, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it kind of takes me out of the movie a bit. Like, yeah. uh, I, I get that, you know, it's all part of the world and stuff, but it's still, that part I was just like, ugh, made my palms sweaty. Like, just just look at the road, man. You know. That kind of thing. So oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Now you're taking me out of the podcast. Oh, here, sorry. JD. I'm sorry. just kidding. Sorry. I'm just kidding. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Monica gets them in this organization. Roman and Brian, they're hired by Verone. Is it Verone or Veroni? Verone. I think it's Verone. I thought it was Verone. Yeah, okay. Um, and he gives them this task the duo, to compete against uh, rival drivers to obtain a package from a confiscated Ferrari located in a lot. Now, I was happy about this because I was like, this guy's an Argentinian drug lord, and he can't get his Ferrari back from the pound? I was like, <laughs> yeah. what? But, you know, it pays off because it's like, uh, it's all a setup. It's all just a test. Just so a test. they race there, uh, you know, the, these... Uh, these henchmen that we'll, we'll get to know a little bit better and, and a bunch of other guys. And then Roman and Brian, they're all racing to get to this Ferrari and some of them get injured and there's some trucks involved and all that. Some more faceless truck drivers. Uh, <laughs> yeah. oh, not the truckers. Yeah. But um, Markham mistakenly, he's the, he's the customs agent. Remember like the cop, he mistakenly thinks that the duo, Roman and Brian, are trying to like flee. So he shows up at the lot because they get there first. They, they outmaneuver the other guys. They get there. They just bust through a gate to get there. And he basically like, like starts shooting at them, right? Well, no. He doesn't no, no. shoot at them first. Roman, Roman shoots, shoots Roman first. Shoots. Is a real, uh... Without, with, with no quite, no nothing. Just, oh my God, the cops. Bang, 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 bang. Like, it, this, this whole sequence was so dumb to me because... It's like, okay, let's get this cop. We need drivers, Dri- like two drivers. Let's right. get them. They're outlaws. Okay, we'll put trackers in their cars. Okay, we're yep. getting them to be undercover as drivers. Oh, sir, they're driving. They're driving. <laughs> I knew it. They're running. It's like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah. And then they, get, then they end up at the pound and... Uh, where are the cars? It's all boats. It's all boats. It's all boats. Oh, that's my Where are the cars? Part. Where are the cars? Boats, boats, boats. And then, oh, the single Ferrari parked in the middle of the boats. And then, and then they're like, okay, we go, we we go get it. And then call back to the hater, uh, the hater license, license plate, plate because uh, 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 I'm kind of calling him Tyrese, but it's uh, Roman. it's Roman. Roman. Takes off his shirt. <laughs> Rachel's like, all right then. <laughs> Takes off his shirt. You punches through the Ferrari's glass. Yep. They find the package. Yep. And then, uh, and then Paul Walker says, uh, "Put your blouse back on." And then he says, "You're a hater." Just <laughs> like, okay, fine. Then the cops show up. They're like, "You just you broke into a you busted through in broad daylight into a, the pound." Yep. Of course the cops are going to show up. Like, and they're like, <laughs> "What? What the hell are they doing there?" Roman, bang, 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 like right away without even, like, yeah, it's like, did you forget that you're working with the police? Like, you're shooting at the guy who literally hired you. Anyways. Yeah, but he says, like, I had to do that because those other goons were there, so I had to mm. show, I had to, I had to shoot at you to help maintain my cover. Okay. So, yeah, smart thinking there, and he didn't, he didn't hit him or anything, I think he just shot the car, or maybe he sure. shot some boats behind them, I'm not yeah. sure. <laughs> it's all uh, boats. <laughs> 
But you're right. There's a lot to unpack there, Trey, from this this race to get there, which I definitely just glossed over. Uh, and then, yeah, in this pound and then the cop showing up. Yeah, about the race to get there. We see our only death in this Fast and Furious oh, movie yeah. when some rando decides to go underneath a semi-truck and it does not go well no. uh, for that fella. Uh, we also get an incredible stunt driving move from Brian, turns his car around backwards to oh, give yeah. the finger while going high speed. <laughs> incredible yeah. stuff. Yep. Uh, but it feels like a little bit of one hand doesn't know what the other one's doing with regards to this whole setup here. Like, Bilkins, get on the phone and like let the people on the ground know We've got we got some street racers out there. Guaranteed they're going to be breaking some laws, but yeah. they're on our side. We're playing the long game here. They should yeah. have filled everybody in on the plan. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, it would have almost made more sense if the cop that arrived at the pound was some random cop. Yeah. That's like, oh, damn, they just broke in here, and they just broke the, the glass of this Ferrari. And, like, but it's... It's it's Markham. It's yeah. the it's the guy that knows the damn plan. Yeah, it's uh, very weird. But very I guess weird. he thought they were they were fleeing, and he didn't trust them. Bilkins does. Anyway, Brian's able to I guess salvage this whole situation, and he tells Bilkins that Verone is allegedly aiming to launder his money in Miami before escaping on a private jet. Right? He relays that information, so he, right. he, he's got he's got that. But we now get the guys. They got to go back to Verone. They have this package. Uh, you know, they, they get out of this jam because uh, Roman's just firing at the cops. And <laughs> they go back. Oh, my God. We get the whole pool scene. We get really, uh, you know, Verone sort of, like, talking to them at the table there. There's a lot going on. At one point, we see Verone's, like, security system on an elaborate gold stand. Did you guys see that? <laughs> it's no. Like, incredible. <laughs> I wish I took a screen grab. I should have done it. Uh, anyway, it was all a test, like I said. Verone was just testing them. It was all for a damn cigar mm. that he definitely cut and maybe took one puff of, I think. Not a lot of D- puffs. Yeah, me, yeah, yeah, one, maybe two, uh, and then gets rid of it. So this is where they, uh, they're all sitting there at, at the table, uh, you know, and he's telling them, yeah, it's all, it's just, I'm test- I was just testing you guys. Oh, we did geez. this all for a cigar. You did this for a job. Yeah, that's right, that's right, that's Great right. Great stuff. Um, well, let's ask it here. J.D., what did you think of Verone as a, as a bad guy, as a, as a drug lord? Awful. Awful? Like, Interesting. I, oh, my God. One of the worst villains ever, I would say. Like, so not scary. The most milquetoast, bland, <laughs> zero personality, one-dimensional. I mean, I, I just, I hated him. I hated him. That's I what I thought. Him, I found him a little scary. I'm not gonna really? lie. Maybe, yeah, yeah. There was something like, look, he was the the most cliche drug lord, silk shirts, mansion, fast cars, beautiful women. Anything I say goes. I've got my henchmen. Like we've seen that a hundred times in movies. But mm-hmm. I mean, I thought the guy playing him was. I don't know. I was sort of scared of him. Scared of him. <laughs> wow. This guy hates rats. He like, hates them. He, I do I do not like rats. Yeah, yeah we're getting to that in a second. Listen, but, he uh, made, this guy made a huge point, ended up killing at least one person just to get his cigar in his little cigar cutter. Yeah. And there's later in the movie, there's a torture scene. Why not use the cigar cutter? Totally right? thought he was going to. Yeah. Should've. For sure. He for definitely sure. should have. Instead, he's brought a rat into a nightclub and a bucket. <laughs> gross. Very gross. Very yeah. stupid. Yeah. I mean, look at this guy. 
Here he is, getting into his car. Oh, look at look what at... he's wearing. Yeah, come on, Jamie. That looks comfortable, though. It looks very comfortable, <laughs> but it doesn't look scary. Look at how packed his pockets are. He's wearing like an oversized silk shirt, linen pants, I'm assuming. And then look at him getting into the car. Look at his shoes. He's wearing Skechers or something. And like ankle socks. Okay. I'm, okay. I'm on JD's side. Oh, that's attention to detail right there, JD. This man's shoes. What are those? Jesus. Uh, well, okay, so in this scene, I forgot about this almost, Roman attempts to steal the cigar cutter. Yep. What? Like, hold on. Like, did we were we even told? Like, we know he has a, we, we know we know he's on parole. We know he's 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 got a record. But it wasn't for even stealing cars. I don't think. Like that, he's not even yeah. like a crypto. Like crypto, <laughs> Is that right? Crypto. Klepto. Uh, klepto. 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 Yeah. I, I got too much NFTs on the brain. Yeah. So <laughs> right. I've been crazy the last couple months. Uh, klepto. Not crypto. Um, I, I was so like, why is he stealing this? Uh, and then and gets caught. And then I feel like it... a detective right now, reviewing my own notes to see if I can figure out what Roman Pierce went to jail for three years mm, for. I'm sure it's out yeah. there somewhere. I thought it was just for housing vehicles and like, I, I, oh, I, yeah. yeah. I, but maybe there's stuff being stolen. I get. I, that was just so weird. That part. I uh, guess. It, it, I think it. What, I mean, I could be wrong, but are they setting up that the guy, he's good at lifting stuff, and at the very yeah. end of the movie, he's got all that cash stuffed into his pants mm-hmm. without mm-hmm. anyone finding out? Yeah, that's, they're, they're, that's the payoff, is it? I guess. Hey, I, guess I, I don't know. Does he yeah. say, does he, is that when he says that his pockets are hungry? Is that around the same time? Because that's obviously oh. a callback later on. I don't, oh, I should have wrote that one right. down. Mm, so right. it's like, this is the equation of like, uh, you know, if you, can do, if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge a ball. Well, if you can <laughs> steal right. a cigar cutter, you can steal a good, I don't know, 50K from, uh, from basically the cops <laughs> out of a duffel bag. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, okay, anyway. JD's not convinced of uh, Verone. Trey, yeah. you've, you seem to come around after you saw his uh, ankle socks and shoes. You don't think he's that intimidating? <laughs> yeah, once you see a man's shins, <laughs> hard to be scared of him. Uh, but uh, I think you're both right. Like Skeets are saying, he's a cliche cookie cutter villain. Yeah. And I think that's exactly right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, there are parts when he's menacing, but it feels like something that we've seen a million times mm. uh, before. And I don't know, maybe... Maybe he's got too much stuff in his pockets. That's another one that's throwing me off. From the waist down, he's not scary. He's got very full pockets, very baggy pants, <laughs> and a pair of Skechers. Yeah. All right. Well, Brian and Roman, uh, this is like a little side angle to this plot. They challenge a pair of muscle car drivers, uh, same guys they raced when competing for uh, Verone's hiring, for pink slips uh, to their cars. Uh, again, got it. I love all these themes they keep running back here in, this, in the sequel. It's, uh, you know, now we've, we had, uh, what was the kid's name? I called him Mouse in the first one. Who was Jesse? Oh, uh, Jesse. Jesse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Putting the pink slip on the line there for his car and then just drove off into the sunset after he lost. But anyway, we're racing for cars. And despite engine and power output handicaps, ha Brian and Roman, they win this race and they get these cars, a 69 uh, Camaro and a 70 Dodge Challenger, some nice American muscle cars. American muscle. That we'll see a little <laughs> bit later in the movie. But uh, yeah, we got another race here. This is a, like, a, it's basically a tag team match, Trey, uh, where it's like the two guys will go first and then you got to tag them in. Uh, and then you're off. And uh, 
you know, Brian has to bring him back from the dead. Roman did a terrible job. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He was way behind. Clutch driving by Brian right here, bringing it home, winning two cars and saving two cars. Really, this is a yeah. four-car swing. Uh, I like seeing Roman driving in an Allen Iverson The Answer sweatband on yes. his arm. <laughs> but like you're saying, a terrible lap. A terrible lap to the point that Brian has to play chicken with, I believe it's Fonzie of Fonzie yeah. and Fabio yes. here. Yes. Stares him down. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. He's going to swerve out of the way. Brian doesn't swerve. And then he still completes the lap. Great driving uh, by Brian. Uh, this is going to be one of my takes for later on, but major glow up from Brian driving wise in this here movie. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. really, really showing off his uh, his driving skills here. And they get these cars, um, these these older cars for uh, you know most of these two movies. These have been all like well, I don't know, I don't know what year the cars are on all these cars <laughs> we've seen over the last two, but they're definitely not from the '60s and '70s, JD. So. No. We got some classics here. Maybe they wanted to draw in a different uh, fan base into this mm-hmm. one. <laughs> well, this is where we're headed, though, right? The American yeah. Muscle. So, uh, in the Ooh. franchise in general, uh, I believe. But uh, see, I didn't. I didn't even know that. Oh, great! I'm looking forward to the cars getting older, <laughs> just like me. Uh, okay, now we get to the nightclub VIP section here. Uh, the Pearl, I believe it's called. Brian and, uh, well, there's some flirting going on, more flirting, I guess, if you want to call it that, between uh, between Monica and Brian. Yeah. I mean, she has very little lines in this movie mm-hmm. overall. Like, she says next to nothing. Um, but anyway, Barone sort of sees it, and that'll come into play. But Brian and Ro- uh, Roman, they witness Barone torturing Detective Whitworth. Uh, and this is where we get the old rat in a bucket blowtorch torture move. <laughs> and they just got to sit there like two feet from him and watch it. Because they want this, uh, I guess they want this detective to give uh, Verone and his men like a window of opportunity, right? To, to make their getaway. Is that, do I have that correct? That yeah. is correct. Uh, the, it's the, it's, it's one of the many cogs in the very cockamamie scheme to move his money to the plane, right? From this trailer right. park to the, the plane. <laughs> right. That he's laundering. But yeah, he's he's agreeing. He doesn't want to, but he's agreeing to... He ends up agreeing to basically giving them a 15-minute window by telling everybody to not chase after them, I guess, or to yeah. ignore any signs of disturbance, or I don't know any cop that would have that sort of power to be like, you Just know. Just calling in every favor. All right, I haven't asked you for anything in a while. I need every single person I've ever asked a favor from to come through here for 15 minutes. Yeah, not a great plan. So weird. Very weird, and uh, the torture. I, I don't know. I don't well, know. The old rat in a bucket. Yeah, uh, and also if you're that guy, if you're the cop, lie, right? Yeah, like, you just I, say, I, I mean, yeah, just okay, it. okay, I won't, I won't do it, and then you bring every single cop that you have at your disposal down to arrest Verone or whatever. Like, yeah. I don't know, like, or just lie and get out of it because in the end, uh, guess what? He didn't do it. No, he's like <laughs> his I conscience would, got the I better of he, him. He literally looks at a photo of his wife and kid, and he's like, <laughs> rat him. Go nuts! Not happy. Run away, boys! Right now, down at the Pearl nightclub, you know, hitting on younger women. Not getting in at home. My my kids are real pain in the ass. 
So, yeah, yeah, just just go ahead and rat him. Um, I did get excited, though, <laughs> with uh, the detective in the nightclub. This was me uh, because I've watched Sons of Anarchy. That was me pointing. I was the Leo me. <laughs> ah, a guy from Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> Uh, I like that actor. He's I don't great. know his name, but uh, I'm a big fan. Uh, everybody always says I look like that guy. So the, really, oh, yeah, no. yeah. I, uh, he's got similar beard coloring, and he's kind of got curly grays as well. Uh, not my favorite comparison to get. No, uh, he okay. was also a corrupt cop in one of the Batman movies. I mm-hmm. believe, yeah, as well. you're right. You're so. right. You're right. We really should know his name. This is a yeah. great actor. He's in, you see him in a lot of movies. Uh, I, th- I think his name has Mark and Boone in it. I don't know if his name is Mark David Boone or something like that, but okay. I feel like it's got... <laughs> I'll look it up. Okay. Uh, well, yeah, after this crazy torture scene where maybe he was just like, he didn't lie right away, JD, because he was like, hold on. Is this rat actually going to dig yeah. through my body? <laughs> like, let me see for a second. Uh, you know, I started scratching. I was like, okay, yeah. okay, you got me. Um, <laughs> he wanted to give up that info. He, right? Like, I kind of think he was lying because the damage on his stomach wasn't that serious. No, like, those were superficial them. wounds. And he's like, ah, ah, ah. All right, okay, okay. My kids, my kid and my wife, they can handle this. They They'll can be handle fine. this. <laughs> Rattle through you. Rattle. <laughs> All right, well, the next morning, I guess I'll just jump there. Um, Monica shows up at Brian's boathouse to warn him that they're going to be killed once this, this drop is made that you're going to do for Barone. He, I've, I've heard, I, I guess maybe she overheard him talking or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he told her directly at the nightclub, did he? He had that, that weird kiss with her and... I can't. He's like sort of. Threatened uh, he threatens her. But, her he yeah. threatens her, but uh, but like if if another man touches you, I'll, yeah, I'll yeah. kill you or something yeah. like that. Right. So um, Monica again goes to tell Brian this at the boathouse. There's a kiss. They suddenly kiss. Uh, oh, yeah. It, Forgot it, about that. They're in bed, and again, like they weren't sleeping together. But she had showed up in the morning. He's in bed. Roman's there, right? Roman sees them. There's a lot yes. going on in this one too. Then those two henchmen show up. Mm-hmm. And then they they all get into a fight. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. Monica like escapes because they can't know that she's there. Right. And then suddenly Verone, everybody's at this boathouse in the, in a matter of like ten minutes. Uh, and he sort of tells them to cut it all out, and and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What one detail you glossed over? Yeah. Uh, Monica soaking wet. When she comes oh, in. yeah. Did she swim there? I, they never address it. She's just <laughs> completely drenched. It's not raining. So she right. must have swam somehow. <laughs> but they never say, like, she's okay, just that's wet. Funny. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so we never hear, wet. like, a splash. She doesn't jump back in the water. Nope. To swim away. She somehow escapes when, uh, again, the... Uh, what are their names? I think it's like Robert and Enrique or something. Roberto and Enrique, the bald guy and the yeah. other guy um, that yeah. that end up like partnering with those two. And those two actually become impressed with the driving of Brian and Robert. <laughs> yeah, I love these guys, actually. <laughs> They're like, hey, respect. You guys are pretty damn good drivers. Uh, okay, so that whole boat scene is just freaking weird. I, even the kiss I find strange. I mean, again, J.D., it just feels like we, we are we're trying to be told that they have this instant chemistry, but like right. outside of like looking at each other and the tiniest bit of flirting at the nightclub, it's like, Whoa, we're moving. All right. We're right into it. Yeah. I guess oh, maybe and- she thinks he's going to die. And it's like, well, let me get a kiss in. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe that's just how women act around Paul Walker because the mm. guy's gorgeous. He yeah, is yeah. stunning. And 
there was also a throwaway line, I think, from uh, Tyrese uh, Roman. Uh, something like, oh, you and the women. Brian and the women always yeah. messing up with the women. So maybe that they were trying to up that a bit or play that up a bit. Or maybe there was a part of that story that just got cut. But yeah, it was the strangest non-chemistry sort of romance that I've seen in a long time. Yeah, I guess they're trying to really drive home the fact that we got to set it up that he'll do anything to save her, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, I mean, he's a cop. He should be just wanting to stop an Ar- Argentinian drug lord, but I guess mm-hmm. he's sort of a crooked cop. So, like, in theory, he could have just let Verone sail off. And it's like, okay, well, we did our part. You know, we tried, but got to save her because uh, he knows that she's going to be killed by him. Maybe, maybe. Anyway, let's get to the day of the mission here. Brian and Roman, they begin transporting uh, the duffel bags of Barone's money with uh, the, those associates, we'll call them, Enrique and Roberto. I do have it in the notes okay. here. Shout out to Wikipedia. That is their names. Which one is the bald guy? Let's call him Enrique. I don't know. Who knows? Uh, but they're riding alongside them because they're like, we, are, we, got, we got to ride with you. I guess that is the one thing we learn at the, uh, the houseboat scene the day before. It's like, well, they're, they're coming with you. Mm-hmm. Before... Um, you know, the, the window is set. Whitworth, Whitworth, excuse me, the, the, the guy from Sons of Anarchy, he decides to call in the police. So, yeah, after all that, after all the bucket and all the threats, he's like, eh, screw it. Uh, so he calls in the cops to move. And then we get the high-speed chase here across the city. And the duo leads the police to a warehouse. And they have talked about this in advance with Ludacris, Tej. Yeah. Like, this is their big plan, all right? They go to this warehouse... They pull in, garage doors close. I mean, they're surrounded by cops because they know they're in there. And their plan is to open up all the garage doors. First off, have about four like souped up pickup trucks just come and ram the hell out of the cops. Like, how much are these people getting paid? Yeah. Like, I guess they got the money because they're winning these like high stakes races, but uh, <laughs> they just like barrel into all those cops parked there. And then here come all the cars. And we get this crazy scramble with like, I don't know, it looks like, what, 40 cars? I feel 40, 50 cars, oh, it feels like. There's more. tons. There tons, yeah. yeah. And it there, disorients there ten, the cops. Ten, ten or so pickup trucks out the gate right away. All different colors smashing the, the cop cars. And then I would say there's probably 80, 90 cars. Oh, you think that. it's that many? Yeah, yeah. it's possible. There's, there's a lot out of there. <laughs> but, but back up for a second, just be, because that's... That's crucial in the plot because with their plan is to the cops plan is to sting Verone at the airstrip. Right. Mm-hmm. But Brian and Roman have this other plan where they're just going to run off of the money. Right. Like that. Yeah, I think so. And, and yep. so was that how they convinced all these people, say, a hundred people? Sure. We're going to split million this whatever this jackpot <laughs> is. We're going we're going to split it with you. Yeah. If you. Basically, agree to being arrested. You have a very, very good chance of being arrested so that we can get away with all the money, right? Like, that's... Kind of a good point. That's the logic there. And, uh... Oh, by the way, you're probably going to smash your car as well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, your prized possession, you're going to drive it straight into the police when you will be arrested as an accessory to a crime... But we'll give you a kickback a little bit later. Right. Uh, Very strange. Uh, You mentioned Skeets. 
Um, it's a scramble. You can tell it's a scramble because somebody says, it's a scramble, baby. <laughs> <laughs> a big one. That's true. I would have never called it that otherwise. But somebody scramble. says it's a scramble. So oh, is it? To... Yeah, oh, I man. guess it is. Here's all I thought about during that scene. All I could think about was, oh, Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? Cinnamon, where you gonna run to? It was the Thomas Crown Affair. It, <laughs> it was, was the, the Thomas uh, Crown Affair. It was the confusion move where mm. everybody dressed the same thing and right. you don't know who's the real one and they just let them all loose in the art gallery and they got Cinnamon going. They should have played it during the scene. Yeah. That was that was a couple of years prior to the filming of this movie. It would have yeah. worked out. Uh, that's immediately what I thought. I was like, oh, the classic scramble Thomas Crown affair move. Play Sinner Man. Let's go. Because, yeah, uh, with, with, with the, the cops are all disoriented here following this scramble. They do manage to pull over the, uh, the two cars, the, the Evo and the Eclipse. But, ah, uh, ha, 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 ha. It's not Brian. It's not Roman. It's Tej and it's uh, Suki, which also yeah. is a great part. Maybe, like, I hope they're getting paid more for that for that role. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, you know, they could have given that to anybody, but it's got to be them. And as it turns out, the duo, they switched the cars when they were in there and they escaped there in the two muscle cars that they won earlier. <laughs> uh, yeah, anything to add to this? Well, they didn't just plan? win those cars earlier, Skates. They also upgraded those cars for part of a mission that they're going to need here <laughs> in a few minutes. This is an elaborate plan. My God. By Brian and Roman. Like, they brought in another... Let's say 50 people. They're going through all of these negotiation or uh, modifications to their car to make it so they have ejector seats. They're really, I mean, how much is this payday going to be from stealing from Verone? Because at the end, when they walk away, they're not walking away with enough money to be paying these people back. <laughs> no. Like, they're going to be like, they're going to like give everybody 200 bucks and be like, well, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> There's a lot of overhead for this. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like, even still, you said the you said the plan, JD, is to drive away. Like to to take all the money. I mean, is it? But but I, is it because I it was. Uh, maybe. Do you think that I can't remember the order now in the movie of then when like they, they devised the plan that we're not told about at the time, but they're talking yeah. to Tej about it and they're walking over that like that bridge. Right. By the way, I thought the bridge was gonna have something to do with it. Mm. Right when they're in that tunnel bridge, like that yeah. glass tunnel, I was like, oh, somebody's going to jump out of it or something. I was like, nope, it's just this warehouse place. But does that come before then Verone saying these two guys are going to be with you? Mm. Like the two, uh, the two henchmen? I can't remember the order there. So maybe it's sort of like their, their plan, their perfect plan is blown up a little bit because those guys are going to be involved. Though yeah, then Trey th- said they put in the ejector seats. Yeah. yeah. I don't mm. know what they're doing. They think they're just going to get a bunch of money. Yeah, um, that, that's the, the ultimate plan. Well, I guess. either way, even if it goes, if they stick with the cops plan, they're each getting a hundred grand, right? Was that part of it as well? Did I dream that? They were? I don't know. Oh, no, they were just getting their they're records. They're just getting their records. records. Yeah, okay. Right. Wiped. Okay. Anyway, so they are in the muscle cars and they still got these guys with them. So Brian, he approaches the destination point. He's in the Camaro, but Enrique... Uh, it is Enrique. That's the bald guy. Uh, he tells them to take a different exit. Hey, we're going to the marina. The uh, Tarpon Point Marina. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. We're not going to the airfield. Tarpon Point. We thought we were going there. In fact, if anything, hell of a callback to the boats. 
Boats, oh, yeah. boats, boats, boats in the <laughs> end. Boats. It was right there. He was telling you how he was going to escape this Argentinian drug lord. Uh, so meanwhile, Roman, he gets rid of Roberto. Uh, he uses the uh, improvised uh, ejector seat in his challenger. Peace out. So he's okay. He's got rid of his guy. But at the airfield, we got the custom agents. You know, they've got the plane surrounded. Uh, only to discover, ha, huh, they've been duped. It's a decoy. Barone and his sketchers are at the boatyard several <laughs> miles away. And Barone reveals that he knew Monica was an undercover agent and purposely gave her wrong information on the destination point. That was a slick move by him. You gotta... Yeah, yep. gotta, gotta hand it to him. Yeah, you gotta respect him there. Maybe that's what he... He had that in one of his deep pockets. Uh, <laughs> he hatched that plan. Because <laughs> he knew. He, 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 this he guy knew. picks up. This guy'd be good on Survivor. He sees, yeah. like, small tells. He's like... Uh, yeah, I, I only told one person, and then uh, well, suddenly somebody else knew. So it was you. It was you. had you. me. 11 and a half months. You slipped once. Ah, jeez. That's all I'll take is once. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And he was all over it. So Brian arrives at the marina. Um, Verone forces Monica onto his private yacht and then orders Enrique to kill Brian because he's still there because <laughs> his... Uh, well, wait, do we know if his seat works yet? Has he tried his seat at this point? I guess he hasn't yet. He, wait, he waits. That was sort of the weird part, too, because Roman does it. It works great. Yep. Went Flawless. sideways. Wasn't expecting <laughs> yep. that. Wasn't expecting him to fly out the side of the car. So that was kind of cool. Yeah, and then he yeah. gets on the horn, and he's just like, hey, man, I just ejected my guy. It was awesome. He just went flying. And did you eject your guy yet? He was, he's holding a mic, like it's not in his ear or anything. The guy's sitting right next to him. Did he not hear that whole part? Like, did he not be like, but he doesn't react at all. So, hey, hey, change of plans, we're going to the marina. But, and then I think he sort of lays off. When does he, when does he try to eject him? Like, I think that's like when Enrique's going to kill him. Right, so like they're standing they're still. They're at the marina. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, tick, 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 tick. And it's like, yeah. uh, it's like, it's not working. He's trying to buzz in on Jeopardy. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> disabled on this ejector seat. Oh, I, I guess I forgot too. We got another harpoon at some point, right? Oh, there was a harpoon on the highway chase for yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. And and that's when that's when Brian is telling uh, Enrique, like, you got to drive, man. Yeah. I'll, you gotta drive. Oh, that's I'll right. keep my foot on the pedal, though. Don't worry. Yeah, you're not gonna be able to get over into my seat. I got this. <laughs> Doesn't Enrique say I can't drive? Yeah. Like, yeah. I can't drive. <laughs> Nothing to it, man. <laughs> just, just go straight. I can't drive. You really don't need to drive. Just literally, just push the gas, man. Push your foot down. You know how to stand up. But that's so, but you you said it, Trey. He doesn't even slide over to put his foot on the gas. They actually yeah. go to a close up of Brian's like converse, <laughs> like it. his tippy toe is still pressing it while he's reaching out the side of his car to pull out this damn harpoon <laughs> that doesn't even exist in real life. Oh, what a scene! Anyway, yeah. uh, back to the marina. So yeah, oh, I, I love it. They hit him with the harpoon. It slows the car down to forty miles an hour. <laughs> like they're showing the speedometer, and the cops still like cannot catch him. Nah. Like oh man, forty? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't yeah. know how to drive. Yeah, if you're if you're the uh, the cops in Miami, there or the FBI, I guess it sort of is. Like stop putting so much money into these like like harpoons that like try and take the car down. Like get your wheels better. Like so you can go a little faster <laughs> yeah. than a, a forty mile per hour car. Um, yeah, Enrique prepares to kill Brian, 
the injector seat fails, but Roman suddenly appears and just like basically rear ends him, right? He just like like hits the car, mm-hmm. helps Brian to uh, to take out Enrique because he's sort of phased. Verone's making his escape on his super yacht, and I'll just jump right to it, just like they did. <laughs> Brian and Roman just drive along. I mean, we don't even really see a ramp. I love this part. They're just like... Well, we literally see him crash into a gate or like through a boathouse or something. It's yeah. It's car point of view, and then it just goes into... It's not a dock. It's not a pier. It no. just seems to be a, a gate or a, some sort of wall with water behind it. So he would have had to crash through that. I mean, can you imagine can you imagine in real life you're driving along and you're just decide split second, I got to get this car onto that boat. Can you like just the physics wrapping your head around? I've never been down this road before. All I know is that the boat's there and I th- here seems like a good place. Yeah, like and it, uh, yeah, I'm going for it. I mean, he just like gets so damn lucky with the way the boat is lined up in the water, oh. and then where the ramp. It, first off, they're just being a ramp yeah. into the water. Why no one knows that goes up, and then uh, yeah, he just he just places that bad boy right on top of that boat. Basically, perfect Trey. Yeah, did he even hit the Nas? I don't think he even hit wow. Nas to be able to did boost and get a super wow. jump. You would think you would need that. Um, yeah. Man, I can't believe this. Did they have Ludacris open up the bridge yeah. in the first yeah. race so that we could know Brian is a car jumping machine? Yes. Yeah, 100%. 100%. That, that is absolutely. He must have Damn. used uh, Nitro. At the, he must have. He wants to want Nitro there. Yeah, he had to. I don't think there was any Nitro left because they used it for the ejection. Oh. And, uh, Good point. And his his ejection his, seat yeah. was clearly failing too, right? Like he's like... So he couldn't yeah. access the second one. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. That's nice. American muscle for you. <laughs> American ah, muscle. True, true, true. Yeah, so he gets it up on top of the yacht, and then Brian shoots and wounds Verone, who had a gun too. He had a shotgun, I think, because uh, he was about to shoot them, but he gets him in the shoulder, takes him down, and then he's arrested by Monica. Um, and then, you know, to wrap it up, Markham grants Brian and Roman full pardons. That's great. In return... Roman turns over the second half of Verone's money. This, yeah. this, this gets really weird here. Uh, so he just like just wants to clear his conscience, I guess. Or it's all yeah. a part of the plan. Like if I give this bunch of money back, which I don't know why the cops wouldn't have known existed anyway. Like there's two cars. Your goal is to transport this money to Verone, which we thought was going to be the airfield. Like anyway, but yeah. maybe it's uh, the plan is like if I if we just go ahead and say, hey, here's the here's the second set of duffel bags with all the money, and that allows them to then secretly pocket a bunch of money in their drawers. I guess I guess because that's what they I do. Guess. That's what we see at the end. The two agree to stay in Miami. Brian and Roman, they're buddies again. He suggests opening a garage, <laughs> uh, you know, funded by uh, a cut of Verone's money there that yeah. they uh, that Roman kept for themselves. He he stole a cigar cutter. He can steal a bunch of money, <laughs> and that's that's the movie. It is <laughs> interesting it. that that whole part was so awkward, right? Like, yeah. oh, here are the three bags of money. Mm, wait one second. They take the time to shoot all of this. It's like. Wh- you could have just said there was an extra bag and we have it. Yay. Like, what's the difference? I mean. I know. Why wouldn't they, I thought they were going to. This is where my mind was going. I was like, oh, 
in the mad scramble, they've like planted different bags or mm. something like that, you know, in other cars or put other things in the bag. Like we've seen in a million movies before too. But yeah, instead it was just like, Hey, you know what? Here's the other car's uh, trunk load of money. <laughs> and then they walk away. I'm like, oh, by the way, like, wait until you're like more than 20 yeah. yards away from the cops to be like, <laughs> look at, got them. It's like they can, they can hear yeah, you. Me too, me too. If we've learned anything, like I said at the start of this podcast, people can be 500 yards away with 10 cars revving their engines and they can hear whatever the hell you're saying. So I'm sure the cops heard you guys. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's, that, that's the movie. That's the, the, the entire plot there for the most part. For a, a climax of a Fast and Furious movie, having seen the ones down the road, a little anticlimactic. Very. Totally. Like, what, the, the stunt or the, the, uh, the sequence of the car jumping and landing on the boat was pretty spectacular for the budget, for the time, you know. But then there's this, then they just sit in, they literally just sit in the car once it's on the boat, right? And there's yeah, this yeah. sort of, lo- a long time of them just sort of recovering from the actual <laughs> crashing of into the boat, right? Like, yep. Brian's just like, oh, God. <laughs> like, is his nose broken? He's not bleeding or anything. <laughs> and then, and then Roman, I think I broke my arm, you know? And then the guy, he just peeks over the top and they shoot him, right? Yeah. And then and then it's just like, okay, all right, here we go, here we go. Here's the final climactic scene. And it's like, no, nah, no. Got him. Monica's got the gun and yep. it's over. It was quick. You're right. And then Very they were just, quick. They were basically just like shaking hands between the cops and the guys. Everybody's good. Yeah. You guys are clear. And we're off. And there's like, there's also like, no, nothing, uh, unless I'm forgetting it. Monica and Brian, do they even have like a goodbye? <laughs> like, yeah, do they say like, really? Not no. really. That's like, all right, all right. Good working with you. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Good working with you. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, for, thanks for that kiss that one time. Hey, by the way, did you jump in the water to swim to my boat? <laughs> How did you get so, here? Did you have a shower while I was sleeping with your clothes on? <laughs> What's going on there? Um, yeah, no, they just, uh, they just wrap it up. Anyway, that's too fast, too furious. So let's The get... other question I oh, had okay. about um, the jump from the car onto the boat, nobody else on the boat? Yeah. Just, yeah. Carter, just yeah. Carter and Monica? Nobody else is coming up to see what happened? Is Carter <laughs> the one piloting the boat? Is he the captain here? And now that he's been yeah, taken out, this thing is just going down the ocean? Yeah, it's a great point. This is a strange plan. They're like, we're going to jump on there. Yeah. Then we'll be there. We'll yeah. see what happens. Yeah. We'll wing it from there, which, I, you know, I mean, I guess that's kind of the, the point of Fast and Furious, but you got to have some backup if you're an um, uh, international drug lord trying to escape the country with millions of dollars yeah. on a massive boat. You should have one other person there, yeah. one other person you can trust. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. 
trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of NoDunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, well, let's get to the fast. Favorite scene, car, or quote? JD, you can start us off here. Where do you want to go? Uh, my favorite scene is the the relay race. I enjoyed that. The uh, the mm. relay uh, when they're trying to get the muscle cars uh, against Fonzie and what's the other? Fabio? Fabio mm-hmm. and Fonzie? Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I thought that sequence, the first race is spectacular, visually stunning, and a big stunt at the end. But this one, I thought it, it the pacing of it was awesome. I loved seeing Roman fuck up and then and then uh, uh, Paul Walker has to bail him out and he does so in a spectacular fashion by playing chicken like old fashioned chicken. Yeah. You know, and you knew where where everybody was and uh, like a lot of the races and a lot of a lot of stuff that happens. I'm sort of it just kind of washes over me. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like, like, like like disorienting. Yeah, it's totally disorienting. But this this one, I knew exactly what was happening, happening. I knew exactly what was at stake. And I thought it was quite well done, actually. So Mm -hmm. shout out to John Singleton. Yeah, I like that race, too. I liked how they uh, I even liked how the like the second set of cars that were ready to race were like sort of off to the side yeah. and that the uh, first cars could scream back and then yeah. and then you got to uh to go just the way that was set up was good and them all cheering them on okay um do you have a favorite car in quote then uh my favorite car is Sookie's car i'd just love to know how she got pink flames to come out of the th- that thing <laughs> did you notice that like yeah. the actual flames were were pink yep uh oh and my favorite quote I rewound this three times. At, uh, my family was going to kill me. But uh, we show up at the warehouse, and Bilkins shows up in this shirt. And, uh, <laughs> and Brian says to him, hey, nice shirt. And all he says is, it's my day off. <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> Bilkins is awesome in this movie. It's so <laughs> Bilkins is great. great. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. And there's Dunn in a shirt with a car on it, trying like poser. No we don't believe you, Dunn. Yeah. Get out of here, Dunn. Uh, all right, great stuff. TK, same three questions for you. 
Well, as a gearhead, I also loved a uh, car chase scene. I love the highway escape chase from when they leave to Tarpon Point or whatever you want to call it. It's uh, yeah. The car driving is great. Lots of action. And I think there's the added tension of having Enrique and Roberto sitting right next to uh, yep. Roman and Brian, which then gives you some great comic relief. Uh, one of my favorite lines in the whole movie is when Brian pulls off some crazy move and the henchman sitting next to him says... You're a good driver, man. Yeah, I know. It's Thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so earnest, the guy. I know. I thought that was great. I thought those two guys were actually hilarious. They yeah. they get some lines in for sure. They don't have much to do but be the intimidating yeah. henchman, but at least they get some jokes in. I also another one of my favorite lines happens in that same scene when uh, Roman finally uses his ejector seat, or as he calls it. Ejectocito! <laughs> Ejectocito. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was great. Very funny. Yeah. And then it obviously goes into this totally absurd set piece where 50 drivers are coming out risking their livelihoods and also their freedom for Roman, who got to Miami a couple of weeks earlier. They yeah. barely know Brian. He hasn't been there for that long. They can't know Roman very long, but they're all willing to risk it for these two guys. I thought that action, uh, the highway chase scene, up until they get to the garage. That's a, that's my favorite part of the movie for sure. I'll, I'll just go right to my favorite quote because it uh, it's it's near the end. It's the scramble. It's the big plan where they're all coming out. There's uh, 80 to 90, 100 cars, how many cars there are. They go to the woman in the chopper. And she goes, holy shit. <laughs> That's all she says. And I laughed so hard. <laughs> She's like, never seen this many cars, I guess, before. You're in a chopper. You're seeing that many cars all the time. Holy but I, you know, shit. That, maybe she's never seen a scramble like that before. Yeah. And, it's uh, a big one. They actually, there's a couple I noticed lines where they go to cops that we've never met. We don't know their names of. Like her, there's another guy. And like they have just like these reaction lines like uh, that they've given like them one or two lines. They made me laugh every single time. So uh, I like that. I like that he did the stare and drive. I like that whole nonsense. Funny. And honestly, the nightclub was so, <laughs> so funny to me. Like it was so weird, the nightclub. Nora pointed out like they're sitting in chairs that look like crab legs. Yeah. Uh, when they were flirting the one time, Brian and Monica. <laughs> this the decor. The decor is like just insane. And I, I mean, if I could pick any role in these movies so far, I've only seen two of them. I'm uh, excited for the rest of them. But I would have loved to have been a background dancer in oh the world nightclub scene. I kept watching people in the background dancing. Oh, I love that role. I think yeah. it would just be a funny thing to say. I was in Too Fast, Too Furious. I was a background dancer at the nightclub. So anyway, yeah, some of my random favorites. It's, a, it's another one of those like written or imagined by someone who's never been to a nightclub before. You yeah. Know? And uh, I love as well, like they sort of portray when there's this great shot when they're entering, it's following uh, Brian and Roman into the nightclub Two of maybe the, two of the best looking guys on earth, but they're sort of like, they sort of make them dopey and sort of like <laughs> fish out of water. Like, mm. You know, the the room would stop if those two walked in, right? <laughs> right like it's right. just they're pure sex walking in. <laughs> you, you put doesn't matter how big of a shirt you put on Paul Walker. The guy is a god, and you know, it's just the this sort of insinuating that um oh, this is this is they're fish out of water. This is not our scene kind of thing, and it's just like 
I don't think I'm not buying it. I'm just yeah. not buying it. You know, like yeah, because Whitworth is there, like picking up chicks at the bar. Yeah, exactly. He's like, hanging his own. Uh, that's a great point. Great point. Okay, let's get to the furious. Um, dumbest scene. Other things you hated. Trey, let's start with you. What made you furious with uh, Too Fast, Too Furious? I think it's the rat torture. I think I, can't, I don't know. I've been going back and forth so many times on if I think it's awesome or if I think it's so stupid. Um, all the respect in the world for upping the ante. From just covering a guy's face and mouth in oil to putting a very angry rat on his stomach. Coming up with, like, medieval tortures only <laughs> in the Fast and Furious franchise. Like, come on, guys. We can probably update your torture methods from something that's happened in the past 500 years. But I kind of love it just because it's such a weird thing. I guess you get the little bit of um added intrigue of, like, Monica is kind of gagging him right like he's yeah, not, not letting right. um, Whitworth talk and they're like whoa did you see that she enjoyed it <laughs> I was yeah. like I, I, she looks like she was just helping I yeah like dude you shot into... at a cop like <laughs> yeah, an no hour doubt. ago like, Easy, bud. <laughs> yeah she's got to play the part too man like uh, yeah okay yeah. I yeah, think that was part, I think that was supposed to be part of the tension of the story right like is she with Verone or isn't she oh, right? Really? Like, wow! I think that that's what they that. were going for. I don't think that they were effective at all. Right? You know, because there's that scene where uh, we first meet Verone and he kind of slaps her on her ass, and they're just alone together, and it's like, hmm, as the audience, is she with him or not? And they sort of allude to that uh, at the beginning uh, when when uh, Brian is they're first recruiting him, and they're they're like, oh, you think she might have flipped? And then. Uh, Markham is like, no, 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 she's one of mine. She would never flip or whatever. Right. But there's always doubt sort of throughout the movie. And I think maybe that's what they were going for in the climax where where he's wounded, Ver- Verone's wounded, and these guys are stuck in the car. And, oh, she shows up and she's actually a cop again. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. And so I think that's, that, that's part of it. But uh, very poorly executed, that part of the story, in my opinion. JD, is there anything uh, that you actually hated or you thought was dumb, made you furious? Oh, I hated most of this movie, let's be mm. honest. I mean, uh, I don't like it when my my intelligence is insulted, you know? So mm. the whole plan, I like, I, I can suspend my disbelief for so much, you know? There's only so much. Like, if I'm a drug lord and I want to get my money out of Miami, I'm not hiring two fast car drivers you know to to bomb through the city and get it to an airstrip like it's just it's the the dumbest thing of all time (laughs) like it's just you get somebody an old lady in a chevette to to very quietly take it out of that wall and then just putt putt it to the uh, to the airport (laughs) i mean but then there's no movie right so i think but one of the i think there's a really uh, a blown opportunity here with with uh, Monica's character and Brian, Monica in the exact same situation that Brian was in for Fast and Furious. She is an undercover cop who may or may not have cozied too much up to this drug lord, you know, or, and, you know, for all we know, Verone, he could have been all about family too. He could have been, you know, (laughs) he's just misunderstood, you know? And then, and then Brian and Monica could have been, he's trying to pull her out, but she's, she's in the exact same situation that he was in. And he ended up leaving the force because of it. So I thought that that would have been way more interesting than Mm. what they gave us, but it's not that kind of movie, obviously. So, you know, I guess I'm fine with it, but you know, uh, 
again, what I hated most was my intelligence being insulted. Yeah. And I know that the, that that's going to happen more as we move through this <laughs> franchise. So I'm, I guess I'm fine with it. But this one, it sort of annoyed me. Yeah, uh, and it, there's also, you know, like, I can't believe these words are coming in, out of my mouth. <laughs> Having seen the turbocharged prelude to the Too Fast, <laughs> Too Furious, yes. where an uncredited, voiceless Minka Kelly recognizes Brian O'Connor as the guy they're having a nationwide manhunt right. for, a drug lord is like, never seen this guy before. Let's yeah. hire yeah. this guy. Yeah. I mean, on one hand, maybe you're like, okay, he left the cops. You do know that part of his story. But still, like... People are looking for this guy. It's quite yeah. obvious that people are looking for this guy, and he's not that hard to find. He's going to be driving the brightest, <laughs> loudest, fastest car that's out there. There's going to be eyeballs on Brian O'Connor. Come on, Carter. That's a great point. Uh, the thing I hated the most about this movie, it's a weird one. Why does Brian keep saying, how about them apples? Oh. He says it twice. <laughs> like, you're not yeah. from Boston, man. How about them apples? He does say it. He says Wait, it once, it? and I'm like... Okay. Oh, he's from Barstow. That's right, not Boston. Um, I was like, he said it <laughs> once, and like, all right, I'm fine. Whatever. They threw it in there. Uh, sh- sh- shout out to uh, Matt Damon. <laughs> then he says it again, and I'm like, what the hell? Why is it just like he's saying? It was strange. He just likes to say it. Yeah, he just likes to say it. Uh, well, I wonder, because I did read that some of the dialogue for comedic effect was improvised so maybe, oh. that's what he, maybe that was just he had it chambered twice maybe and it's, it slipped into the edit but uh yeah. like michael scott at improv he can't stop pulling a gun on people <laughs> paul walker can't stop improvising with i like them apples I'm like paul yeah. something else man yeah okay maybe that's a reason for it because he says okay. it twice in this movie and uh the second time really i was like come on what is going on here uh okay so me familia family is everything guys so this is where we uh we get a question or maybe even just an observation from one of our wives could be rachel could be nora could be laura i think tk we're gonna go with you uh did laura watch this with you um for Hmm. your for your what would be your second or third watching of this movie or what was her takeaway she had two observations. Uh, number one, very excited to see Ludacris early. Let out a Luda! Oh. Yeah, nice. much loved in he our was, generation. We didn't really talk about him much in this movie. No. He was fine. Totally He was fine, fine. yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, I feel like he was as minor of a character in this movie as both Ja Rule in the first movie and uh, Jesse in the first movie, right? Like, right. I mean, Jesse does get involved in the, the drama with Johnny Tran eventually, but in general, they're like background characters Ludacris turns this into a career he goes from being a rapper to an actor starting with this movie which I think is pretty crazy um instrumental in the Fastiverse and her second observation Laura was that there's no way I'm watching two Fast and the Furious movies in a row which is what I did when I watched these I watched Fast 1 then Fast 2 so she got about three minutes into this one before pulling the plug and I was like Come back for number four. Just come back for number four, baby. <laughs> oh, geez. Don't even watch oh, no. three, you're saying? We got to watch Tokyo Drift? Oh, boy. Oh, I've heard crazy things about it. Uh, I can't wait. Okay, that's a, a, that is a good point. And just like, speaking of Ludacris's character, how baller is that garage in Miami that it's on the water? Oh, TV? yeah. Like, location is everything. What a place. I, it was actually confusing because we see... We see we see uh, uh, Brian and Roman are reacting 
first, right? And then they, yeah. there's a shot to jet skis racing, and like we're on the water all of a sudden. I'm like, what? Is this a Where continuity problem? Where <laughs> yeah. are we? And then you realize, no, no, the garage is on the water. And they're betting on jet ski races, which is, I guess, a thing. Is that pe- what people do? They race I mean, jet skis how and else, bet on them? Yeah, you got to be... I mean, maybe it's a lucrative industry, servicing luxury racing cars. Uh, but to but it doesn't feel like Ludacris is making a ton of money from that. So he's got to be able to, yeah. to be skimming a little on yeah, the, the gambling thing as well. Would you rather have... Uh, if you were the owner of a garage... Would you rather it be a garage slash jet ski racing course, right. like Tej's was, or would you rather it be a garage slash cafe like Tom Toretto oh, was? Oh, <laughs> jet ski, hundred <laughs> percent, totally. I mean, he's got like oh it, the, the setup of this place is incredible. It's a huge garage, uh, and then yeah, like the back spills out on this body of water. It's like it's gorgeous. There's it's like a, a patio. Spot. Yeah, it's incredible. I couldn't get over it. Like, where is this place? This is amazing. I've never ever seen a garage for cars on the water. No, never. <laughs> but this guy is Why would you put a garage on I the water? It doesn't like make any sense. <laughs> Maybe he's also, uh, you know, souping up boats on the other side. I don't know. Maybe that's what he's doing. Yeah. He should serve stuff. tuna sandwiches. You know, if you're going to have a garage yes, on the wow. water, that's the perfect place to serve tuna sandwiches. <laughs> oh, that would have been such a funny throwaway line. Oh, totally. Like, uh, do you serve tuna sandwiches? Like that. <laughs> that would have been amazing. Uh, any other random observations? Uh, Trey took one of mine. The uh, Iverson answer wristband that... Uh, that Roman Tyrese was wearing at one point. And the other thing like fashion related I saw was uh, <laughs> it was really early in the movie. It may have been like the first scene we get the, uh, just like FF one got to have all these classic chicks just hanging out by oh, yeah. cool cars. And we got them right away in that first scene. When Brian comes and races, two of them are wearing a fedora. <laughs> I was like, wow. Uh, Stanzo brand. I heard they're nice. <laughs> oh my goodness. I couldn't believe it. There was uh, also, uh, during that scene, um, Sookie's crew, yeah. a couple of them were wearing shirts that just said porn. Is that a brand or something? Like, or is like it Barbie crew or whatever? Yeah, yeah. one of the, just like a star <laughs> and then porn. So maybe porn, a porn, porn star, star is the, yeah. is nice. the uh, connotation there. But I, yeah, I don't know. But I'm just like... All right, sure. She's in. She likes porn. Who doesn't? <laughs> Suki. Uh, I always actually laughed every time Brian and Suki would see each other. They just do a beautiful like, uh, like, um, kiss on the cheek, like they were European or something like that. They did it every single time they saw each other. It made me, uh, made me chuckle. Suki, is she stick around? You can tell us, Trey. Is is she for the long run? No, I don't think she's no? been back. Oh, has she made? I don't think so. Um, no? Not a big role, at least. Okay. Yeah, I'll have to go. I'll have to go what into about the archives. The, what about the mechanic? I like him too. I know his uh, real his MC Jin in real life. I forget his name in the movie. Uh, uh, no, no, Jimmy. Mm-mm. Oh, Jimmy. Yeah, what good. about uh, Orange Julius? I don't think Orange Julius. Uh, maybe maybe uh, he's had a cameo. Okay, that'd be okay. nice. So we know Luda's sticking around. Luda's sticking around. Uh, that's all I'll say. That's okay. all I'll say from, all right. from movie number two. Um, well, let's. Let's rank this. We've got two under our belt now. Uh, JD, I got two questions. One, was this a good sequel? I think I know your answer to that. And then, well, I guess I got three questions. Two, how would you rate Too Fast, Too Furious out of 10? And then uh-huh. where does it fall in your, in your leaderboards with, right. uh, with the first one? Okay, so is it a good sequel? I mean, I'm going to say no. Okay. 
because there's no Vin Diesel. Um, and I think that Vin's reasoning, as I read it, and I could be wrong, but he uh, his problem was that it didn't really progress the story. It, 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 it was just basically a retelling in a different setting. Right. Right. Which right. is what we got. It was sort of like it's true. I felt like it was like if Lifetime decided to make a Fast and Furious movie, this would be it. Like it just felt like a very light version of Fast and Furious, sort of like an after school special or a romance almost, you know, with mm-hmm. no romance in it. <laughs> so no, I wouldn't say it's a good sequel. Uh my rating, I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a one. Whoa. Just it's slow. I didn't not enjoy this movie. I was you know, there's no way that I would have finished this movie if we weren't doing a podcast about it and I had to talk about it. There's okay. just no fucking way I would have finished it. When would you have turned it off? Let's see. Uh, as soon as uh, Ludacris rose that bridge at the in the first race, <laughs> I would have been like, I'm out. Okay. I'm out. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, the leaderboard is Fast and Furious number one, Too Fast, Too Furious number two. Okay, that's perfect. <laughs> so it works out that way. Yeah, so far so good. Uh, Trey, specifically, where do you sort of, uh, how does this hold up to number one in your eyes? The best thing about this movie is the name. Too Fast, Too Furious, a legendary name for a sequel. Right. As a sequel, though, I am with JD and I am with Vin Diesel. This is like the definition of a non-essential sequel. I think Vin's quote is, they didn't treat it like Francis Ford Coppola. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's true. That's, that's yeah. a good point. He's right, though. He's right. And honestly, like what becomes of Fast and Furious, it becomes a saga where things are building on each other. True. But that was not the case for this movie. And you can right. tell, right? It just yeah. feels like, I think Vin said, they treated it like an 80s or a 90s sequel where they just make another story and slap a name on it. And that's definitely what it feels like to me. I really think the movie's missing Vin's gravitas. You know, Paul Walker and yeah. Tyrese, they're both cool guys. Bryn, uh, Vin brought that, like, the mystery, the brooding, and you kind of need that contrast between uh, your main characters. And there's also, like, a severe lack of tension in this movie. I yeah. think in the first yeah. one, you're worried, is Dom going to find out that Brian is a cop? Like, that's a huge source of tension. Is Brian going to find out that Dom is the guy in charge of the hijackings? That's a huge source of tension. Here, like we're saying, the big tension is kind of like, is Carter Verone going to find out that Monica is a cop? Huh? Like, that's right. the real big question here. We spend any time with yeah. them at all. Exactly. Yeah. And she has almost nothing to do. Oh, you don't really know no anything life. about their relationship. You don't even know if Brian and Monica like each other. And that's like the biggest question in the movie. That is a problem to me. So I'm rating this... Too fast, too furious. I'll give it a four. It's four. number two on my power rankings right now, and I think it's going to stay at the bottom. Uh, this is wow. the one that I look forward, least look forward to rewatching every time it comes up because this is not the first time I've rewatched this <laughs> this franchise. <laughs> and this is always this is always the biggest ask. Too fast, too furious. Wow. Yeah, not okay. not my favorite. Uh, well, I agree with you guys. The, the plot sucks in this movie. That's, a, that's the problem. Thank God Tyrese is in it because I, I do find their chemistry, uh, you know, at least enjoyable. Uh, it doesn't seem like too, too fake between uh, Brian and Roman there. So I like that part. 
But otherwise, it's like, what is going on half the time? I hate the fucking harpoons. <laughs> and that you can then pull them out of your car. That's the other part. Not if you get it off that. your car, it's fine. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like, come on, come on. I, I, I don't eat, I, like, I hate that more than a car jumping over another car off a bridge or a car jumping onto a boat. I actually do. It's like, uh, there's something about that that drove me nuts. I will, I'll put this one... I think I gave it a seven and a half to the first one. Uh, I'm going to go low. I'm going to go two and a half here for Too Fast, Too Furious. I did see Roger Ebert, uh, the great Roger Ebert, wrote, it doesn't have a brain in its head, but it's made with <laughs> skill and style, and boy, it is fast and furious. <laughs> so you're right. It's the best thing about this movie is the name. Uh, of course, having Fast and Furious still in there, but the Too Fast, Too Furious. Nice poster, too. My favorite poster so far. Good poster. Two movies. Yeah, it does look good. Great. Like that neon Miami vibes is fun, but I yeah, I, I read that uh, that um, the review by Ebert as well, and it reminded me why I I love Roger Ebert is my favorite uh, movie critic, and I usually agree with him. But goddamn, he reveals literally every plot point in his review, like everything, including oh, wow. the including the uh, the warehouse scramble. All yep. of it. It's all there. He just doesn't give a fuck. He's, just like, <laughs> He's like, I'm going to save you time. Just read this. I mean, uh, yeah. But he recommended it. He gave it three stars, I think. So. Oh, my goodness. Wow. That's a... Mm. That's the great shocking. thing about Ebert. He would always judge a movie based on what it was, yep. right? Like he right. would always, if it was supposed to be a popcorn, you know, just a fun movie, that's how he would rate it. So I point. disagree with him on this one, but uh, yeah, it's worth reading that. That that uh, Any review by Ebert is great, but the one for this is awesome. All right. Well, what's next? Third installment, The Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift from 2006. TK, what do we need to know heading into uh, into this third movie? Which, by the way, I don't know why. I always thought Tokyo Drift was number four in this series. But here it is at number three. It's up next. Um, set it up for us. If you thought Too Fast, Too Furious was a weird sequel, just wait for Tokyo Drift. Oh Not only are we in a different country, we've got different racing and an entirely new cast of characters. What? Completely new. So, really? hold on. Hall Walker's not even in the third one? Nope. <laughs> what is going on in this franchise? Hold on, hold on. We, we take away... Dom's the best in the first one. They take away him from the second one. And then Paul's okay. He's fine. We he all gone. those baby blue eyes all day. He's gone in the third... What's going You're on? You're not even getting Tyrese. No. You're Tyrese. not even getting Eva Mendez. What about wow. Ludacris? Nope. So it's an entirely new cat. Is there any connection at all? Well, that's it... the craziest thing about Tokyo Drift, Skates. You said, I thought this was number four. It's number three on release order. Oh. However, it technically falls between the sixth movie and the seventh movie on the fast timeline. Really? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Oh, I didn't but know that. it is oh, a God. major shoehorning in between <laughs> six and seven to make it work. Because we like we've talked about a couple of times, like clearly this was not gonna be a massive franchise that they made ten movies of. No, no, not But they ended up yeah. yeah, exactly. Once they started with four, once they hit on that formula, they knew this was gonna be a franchise. They had to figure out how things that happened in number three could eventually happen with the current timeline. Oh my god. But you don't need to know that at all to watch Tokyo Drift because they didn't know that at all. 
That's right. weird. Right. That is right. weird. Wow. Okay. So, guys. If hey, I'm enjoying. super intrigued. This is great. I love a I love a season of Survivor when it's all new people. So that's what it feels <laughs> yep. like. It's just a there whole new game. Yeah, you know what? Especially with the way we're tackling this, like with the binge watch, we could probably use this. You're yeah, right. you know, totally, like, well, you totally. Know, we like what? Are, what are we going to see from Paul Walker at this point now? I mean, he's uh, he's Brian O'Connor. We love him. He's fine, but he's not going to give us much else. So uh, I'm you're, I'm with you, JD. I'm actually excited for a for a whole new cast and. Of course, we're in Tokyo and, uh, you know, the Olympics there this summer. Perfect. (laughs) Absolutely perfect synergy, if you ask me. Now, I think, guys, if you want to watch this one with us, I believe you can stream it on Fubo TV or you can rent or buy on Amazon, Google Play, and iTunes. I don't think this one is on HBO Max like the uh, the first two were. No, definitely not. Yeah, going to make it a little more difficult for all of us to get our hands on it. Trey probably has the DVD somewhere in his in his house. <laughs> not anymore. Not after moving. Oh, jeez. Oh, wow. oh man. Mm. Okay. Well, we'll have to uh, to stream it online. But join us for the third installment here of Fast Friends. We are all, we will be watching the Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift from 2006. If you have questions for Fast Friends, email them in. No dunks at theathletic.com. Just put Fast Friends in the subject header. Always a blast talking cars with you guys <laughs> and harpoons, <laughs> yachts. <laughs> cash and fedoras <laughs> on sexy women uh what a series i can't wait to talk about the third one everybody take care As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.